Hello everyone, welcome back to another Ellie's Content Podcast. I'm your host Ellie and this past week has been so insane but in a good way. And listen, what do we think? I finally have a proper mic and I hope that this is working. This is my first time actually using it and imagine if I finished the podcast to find out that it wasn't plugged in or something. I would be so mad but <laughs> it would be so funny. Um, but it was actually really easy to set up and I love it and I'm and I'm very happy. Um, This week I did have my first week back at school and it was long and it was tiring, um, but it was was really good. I forgot how um, fun school was and seeing your friends every day and it makes me realise how grateful I am for not just my friends but for my education as well. And, you know, as much as people say they hate school and they can't wait for it to be over, I personally love school. You know, I'm grateful for the teachers and the content that they teach us and I believe that knowledge is power and being knowledgeable is awesome. And you know, however, I am nearing the end of year 11 and I am feeling a little bit stressed and a little bit overwhelmed with everything. And especially um, since exams are coming up, they are now a week away. You know, I'm feeling a little bit crammed for time, but we will persevere and we will get through it. And like, who doesn't want to be smart and be able to help others who don't understand what you know, you know? Um, But I did have a couple of sacks this past week and I've only got one more sack yeah one more sack on Monday and then it's just a matter of exam revision and then it's orientation for year 12 I can't believe that next year is my final year of high school that's just crazy to me you know next year I turn 18 I just feel like I'm not ready to go into the real world at all I still feel like I should be 14 or something I don't want to grow up I mean, I can't wait to see what my future has in store, but I'm also like a little bit nervous to be held a lot more responsible for my life and become a lot more independent. But again, it will happen over time and it will just happen naturally. Oh, uh, and also I did end up deleting Snapchat and I'm so glad I did. I've been very happy and so much more productive and I deleted it a few days ago now and my friends were really supportive of my decision. So again, relating back to last week's podcast where I mentioned that I was afraid of what others were going to think, you know, they didn't have anything negative to say. They were so supportive of it and they respected my decision. And again, at the end of the day, you are living your life for yourself, not for others. So do what is best for you and do what um, you want out of your own interests. Do what your little heart desires and do what makes you happy. And for those who care for you, they will support you through whatever you do and, and the, whatever decisions that you make. Also, with my podcast, um, you would have probably noticed that if you've been here from the start, you would have seen that I've gone through a couple of different type of podcast logos, but I am really happy with this logo and it will be the one that stays. Also, my Instagram is almost at 1,000 followers. If you aren't already following uh, my Instagram, it would mean a lot if you did. It's Ali's underscore content. And right now I have, as I am speaking, I'm checking it right now, I have... Who's got that? Oh, 974 followers, which is just absolutely insane. Um, but I've been putting so much time and effort into my podcast, my website, my YouTube, and my social media platforms to try and grow what I've created. And it's going so well, and I'm I'm really happy with with how everything's going. But anyway, this week I wanted to talk to you about mental health, well-being, men's mental health and supporting others. It is a little bit of a daunting topic and it can also be confronting to some and if you aren't comfortable with the topic, I encourage that you skip over some parts of today's podcast.
So everything in life is an opportunity to grow from the good and from the bad so we can be the very best versions of ourselves possible. Change is needed to improve your well-being and change can be pretty scary to us because our brains are like hardwired to seek comfort and safety but it can also completely alter your perception of things and how you tackle life's obstacles. I've grown up with anxiety and OCD and some days are harder than others and at one point I just wish I were normal. And I'm doing bunny ears as I say normal because there is no such thing as normal. By normal, I meant I wanted a life, a life that's anxiety free and OCD uh, free. And OCD stands for obsessive compulsive disorder. And some days I can control it relatively well and others I just simply cannot. Because I've grown up with anxiety and OCD, all of these past years, I've been able to find out what methods do work for me and what methods don't. In regard to helping ease any um, panic attacks and times where I may feel like I'll spiral. At one point, I did need to see a therapist. And it's completely okay to do that. I knew that I needed the help. And if you do too, never feel ashamed. And whoever said that you need to tell people you're going to get one, you know, or you're going to one, it's none of their business. It's time that you put yourself first and do what you need to do in order to be the best version of yourself. Now, As I did say before, I have grown up with anxiety since I was a little tot and this isn't the case for everyone. You know, some people develop such disorders later on in life and it can be caused by a variety of reasons, but it's usually caused by um, a a traumatic event. Now, life does throw us some pretty big curveballs at time, um, but pain is only temporary and good things are to come. If you reflect upon your life, thinking of the good, the bad and the ugly, if those events weren't to happen, you wouldn't be where you are today. Now, I'm not saying go and get a mental illness or anything. It's not something that you want. You know, it's it's a very tough and rocky experience. Life is a matter of how you choose to look at things. All of these things directly tie to the aspect of well-being because it's about being able to embra- embrace uh, where you are today in terms of the good and the bad and making small changes every day to steer in the direction of well-being, which helps you uh, to lead you to that goal that we're all ideally working toward and that is being the best versions of ourselves possible. Now what is well-being? So well-being at its most basic it means being well. It is the state of being comfortable, healthy or happy and here is a quote from the uh, Better Health channel. Well-being is not just the absence of disease or illness. It's a complex combination of a person's mental physical, emotional, and social health factors. Well-being is strongly linked to happiness and life satisfaction. In short, well-being can be desired as how you feel about yourself in your life. And I'll link this um, quote in the description of today's podcast. Now, why is our well-being important to take care of? Having good well-being can help you feel and express a range of emotions. Having confidence and positive self-esteem, having good relationships with others, enjoying the world around you, and cope with stress and adapt when things change. You won't always be happy if you're in good health. It's natural to feel sad, angry, or depressed from time to time. However, if you have been experiencing or... um, Yeah, if you're experiencing bad health for a long time, you may find it more difficult to cope. And here's a little quote that I think about often. I can't remember where I read it or heard it, but it goes, no matter what people say, self-care isn't selfish. I've noticed that whenever I take uh, self-care more seriously, it it has hugely positive impact on how I feel and act. 
And I really like that quote and I, I, I think that you should think about that too because self-care isn't selfish. You you are putting yourself first and again, as I said before, you are not living your life for others. You are living your life for yourself. And another thing I like to think about is saying no to others is saying yes to yourself. If you don't want to do something, don't do it. You know, you don't want to waste your time and not have a good time with your friends. And again, it's okay to say no. Now, what are some things that impact on our well-being? Being too sedentary or still, for example, um, spending too much time sitting or lying down, having an unhealthy diet such as eating too much or too little or consuming too much fat, sugar or salt and having inconsistent sleep patterns or not getting enough sleep. These are only a few things that can have an impact on our well-being. And now how can we take care of our well-being? By learning something new, learning new things can uh, be a great way of improving our confidence and giving us a sense of achievement. And you could try cooking or baking something new, doing your own DIY project, going to a library, a museum or like an art gallery or trying a new sport or language. Another is eating healthily. Healthily eating and drinking can improve our mood, increase our energy and help us sleep better. And by this, you could try eating a balanced diet, especially if you're vegetarian or vegan, but also making sure you eat enough to give your body energy. Keeping hydrated and drinking enough water. You remember like the eight cups um, of water a day uh, and try reduce um, reducing added sugar and caffeine in your food and drink. Just try and keep it a little bit more natural. And if you have an eating problem or have any worries about food, it's a good idea to talk to your doctor before changing your diet. Another is getting enough sleep. Getting good sleep and getting enough of it can help us have more energy, feel more positive and feel less stressed in life. And with this, you could try going to bed at a time that allows you to get enough sleep, cutting down on screen time before bed and or like use a blue light filter or night mode on your screen in the evening to help you feel sleepy because it um, stops the blue light coming through your phone and the blue light is what... um, affects the melatonin release so if you're on your phone late at night and you don't have the blue light filter on and the blue light you're you're looking at the blue light it will then delay your melatonin production so the melatonin is the hormone that makes you feel sleepy and so when there is a delay to the melatonin release in your body obviously you aren't going to feel tired until later on uh, more later than than otherwise so like the blue light that comes through your screen is similar to the daylight so it makes your body want to stay awake longer and turning on the filter lowers the amount of blue light that is um that is emitted from your screen and this means that you won't strain your eyes as much and you'll feel a lot more tireder you're getting you're letting the sleep hormone work which should help you sleep better and especially if you get yourself into routine of you put your phone down at seven and then your body will naturally uh, release the melatonin and maybe like by nine o'clock you are ready to go to sleep. And if you do that every night and do it consistently, your body's going to get in routine of like, okay, it's seven o'clock, it's time to wind down, come nine, all right, my body's very tired, let's go to sleep. Another is doing the things you enjoy. You know, spending time doing something that we enjoy can make us feel happier and more relaxed, have fun boost relationships with others, and even help develop a skill. You could try 
a hobby like playing a sport, baking or cooking, spending time with your friends or family and finding time to do the things that you love or even planning to do things that you love in the future. It's it's important. And with your family and friends, it is completely okay to ask for help. You know, ask for help if you need it. Having a discussion with family members and close friends about what's uh, been effective for boosting your well-being in the past allows them to act as a prompt in times of need. You know, it's normal to want to try and deal with things on your own, but opening up to your friends and family or other people you trust can help you feel supported in these times. Another thing that I do want to touch on actually is some people think what is actually self-maintenance as self-care. Now that does sound a little bit confusing, so I will elaborate. And what I mean is, for example, self-care is like you going for a walk, drinking water and staying hydrated, eating a healthy meal, engaging in some exercise, taking a long bubble bath or shower and sitting in the sunlight. Whereas self-maintenance is like washing your hair, doing a face mask, shaving your legs. And now, see, those things sound like self-care. You know, you're taking care of yourself, but it's actually self-maintenance. And so make sure that when you are having days to yourself, that you aren't actually filling that day with what you think is self-care, you know, the face masks and washing hair, shaving legs, all like that. But actually, like, do things that are self-care, you know. Again, having a cup of tea even, you know, getting good sleep. That is that is self-care. And you want to you wanna focus on that on your days off where you, you need to put yourself first and do what is, do what your body craves. Now, while statistics indicate that one in five people will experience a diagnosable mental health condition during their lifetime... And we will go through a challenge. Uh, we will go through challenging times that adversely affect our mental health. For many of us, that challenging time is right now. With that being said, in addition to knowing how to manage your mental health, it is important to know uh, how to help those around you as well. It can be difficult to watch a friend or family member struggle through difficult times, especially when we often don't know how to help. And here are a few tips on how to help support your loved ones. Active listening is the first one. Active listening is exactly what it sounds like. You must put down whatever you're doing, you know, your phone, typing an email, any side activities, etc., and give your full attention to the person who is speaking in order to practice active listening. If the conversation occurs in person, ask specific and open-ended questions to encourage the speaker to share and take opportunities to recap uh, what is being said to ensure that you understand it completely another is don't make comparisons when someone comes up to you with a circumstance that is similar to one that you've experienced don't make comparisons if someone mentions that they're going through a bad bad breakup for example don't mention that you were you've been through a more difficult divorce it's fine to say you've been in a similar situation to show empathy and discuss how you dealt with it nevertheless you don't want to make um the talk about yourself at that time you risk making the other person feel as if their suffering uh, is insignificant. Another is asking about what you can do. Ask the person what you can do to aid them in a particular way. Everyone is different. So asking rather than assuming what someone needs has a lot of advantages. If the person claims they don't require anything, propose anything you'd be willing to do without being pushy, of course. And bringing them a meal, you know, picking up items from the store, um, meeting 
with them to talk and, and so on. Another is don't pass judgment. To properly support someone, you must set aside your own personal feelings and prejudice about the circumstance. Your criticism will not help the person heal, whether they're dealing with a mistake or you believe that they're just over uh, overreacting. And recognising when more serious assistance is required, this one's really important. And despite your best efforts, you know, your support for your loved one may not always be enough. If your friend or loved one has been struggling for weeks or months, they may be suffering from a mental health problem that needs professional help. It uh, It's fine to advise them to see a mental health expert for support, but you might even have to offer to assist them in finding a service. And if your best mate or your best friend or anyone that you know for that matter attempts or considers doing so, do them a favour and tell their parents or someone in their family. You may feel like you're breaking their trust, but in reality you are saving a life and they will soon be thanking you. You'll be doing more good than harm. And if you're ever struggling and feel as though you can't talk to anyone, always know that there are services available for you and they are free for all information is kept confidential. Some services are like the Kids Helpline, which is 0400005880, Beyond Blue, which is 1322-4636, the Lifeline, which is 1311-14, and the Men's Line, which is 13007899. And I will place these numbers in the description box if you need it. You are not alone and there is always support. You have got this. But uh, I am going to end this episode here and I do have a lot more to say about this sort of topic. So I'd love to know if you would like to hear more of this from me. And again, I do want to finish off with a quote. And today's quote is, you are not the bad feelings in your head. You are not the storm you walk through. You are the person experiencing the storm. The storm may knock you off your feet, but you will stand once again. Either the weather will change you or you will find shelter. Hold on. And I really like this quote. It reminds me of something one of my very uh, close friends said to me. And I remember she had a cute little keychain pom-pom and it was pink. Uh, and it had a little heart that said hope written on it. And I loved it. And she told me that hope also stands for hold on pain ends. And she said to me, uh, she said this to me a few years ago now, and I haven't forgot it about it at all because I think about it every time I have a bad day or I'm going through some tough times because it's true. Nothing lasts forever and you can get through whatever you are going through. Just don't give up. You are so much stronger than you could ever imagine. And the more that we talk about mental health, the easier it gets. And if you ever have something on your mind that's bugging you again, never be afraid to speak up. Remember, you should try to never bottle up your emotions and feelings and remember it is okay to cry and people, especially your friends, will always take the time to listen to any of your problems. Whilst we are on this topic, I thought that I would kind of let you know how I've been recently because, again, it's it's okay to speak up and I want to let you know that it is okay to speak up and, and I'm, I'm going to share how I've been. So recently... Since we have been at homeschool for so long, I lost so much motivation with my school and I stopped doing as much work and additional work and then we came back to school and like we we, we were still doing, so we had the holidays and then we stayed at homeschooling for a 
couple weeks, right? But I used those couple weeks where I was meant to be doing school. I was practically on holidays. (laughs) I did nothing. I lost a lot of motivation and now it's come back to bite me, that's for sure. And I am a little bit disappointed in myself because I did this to myself. I I didn't do the extra work over the time that I was at home doing homeschooling when I should have been because now we're doing sacks and exams are coming up and it's like I said at the start it's getting a little bit overwhelming but I'm taking each day as it comes and I'm trying to get myself back into the habit again I'm I am disappointed in myself but we learn and we grow from these things and it's a reminder to never do this again because it's not the best feeling in the world but I'm pretty happy otherwise and life's great and I'm very thankful for everything that I have in life and in the mornings what I love to do actually. I really do encourage that you focus on your spiritual health and well-being as well. I think it's very important and knowing that you um, have a a sense of belonging in in life. I think that's that's something that you should definitely have and try and focus on and that's why I encourage that you focus on your spiritual health and well-being and in all different kinds of aspects of well-being for that matter and in the mornings what I do actually because I wake up so early and yes I still follow that routine I have an insane routine I will go into it another day because it is a little bit extensive if you will Um, but what I do is I wake up at 5 30 and then I use half an hour of my morning to have a slow morning and do what I love and open up the curtains. And now that the now that it's daylight savings and the sun is actually rising at this time, it is so beautiful uh, to watch. And yes, yeah, so I'll get up and I'll open my curtains first thing and I'll slowly watch the sun rise and I will not go on my phone at this time. This time is for me. And again, at this time, who else is awake? So no one's trying to contact me. And I tell myself and remind myself of how all the different things in life that I'm grateful for and doing this every day has been one of the best things that I could have ever done it makes you a lot more of a it makes you become a lot more positive in life because you're focusing on how grateful uh, how grateful you are to be alive and you are thinking positive thoughts the first thing as the first thing when you wake up you're not thinking of the negative things or and especially waking up at this time you aren't rushing so you aren't starting your day off stressed or rushing feeling a little bit crunched for time and it's great and you know I'm not saying you know wake up at 5 30 every morning it's not for everyone some people are night hours some people are early birds and that is a thing I I should actually do a podcast on that there I di- I was doing some research one day as as you do you know um and I come across this article that was about there is actual things as like or was it in a book I can't it was either in a book that I'm reading which is called um why we sleep by Matthew Walker it is amazing I'm only like halfway through the book but I tell you this is one of my favorite reads it 
it has so much information and I highly recommend, especially if you do struggle with sleep, it, the, all the different types of information that is in it, it has why you probably struggle and how you can fix that. And it is, and it has so much more information and so much statistics within it. And it is, I can't remember the job of what he actually does. Hold on. Let me, let me get the book. Let me. Okay, here it is. It's, yeah, Matthew Walker, Why We Sleep, The New Sleep of Science and Dreams. Oh, he's a neuroscientist. So a neuroscientist shows how a good night's uh, shut-eye can make us clever, more attractive, slimmer, happier, healthier, and ward off cancer. It's probably a little too soon to tell you that it saved my life, but it is an eye-opener. So that was um, what Mark O'Connell from the Guardian has said about this book and there are a few other responses to from people of of having read this book but I got this book from Dimmicks and it was $23 and again I highly recommend that you have a look at it or something but even the first freaking page let me read you the first page it's like it's not that long I'll I'll just quickly kind of skip over it but here Do you think you got enough sleep this past week? Can you recall the last time you woke up without an alarm clock feeling refreshed, not needing caffeine? If the answer to either of these questions is no, you are not alone. Two-thirds of adults throughout all developed nations fail to obtain the recommended eight hours of nightly sleep. And I doubt that you're surprised by this fact, but you may be surprised by the consequences. Routinely sleeping less than six or seven hours a night demolishes your immune system, more than doubling your risk of cancer. Insufficient sleep is a key lifestyle factor determining whether or not you will develop Alzheimer's disease. Inadequate sleep, even moderate reductions for just one week, distributes blood sugar levels so profoundly that you would be classified as pre-diabetic. Short sleeping increases the likelihood of your coronary arteries becoming blocked and brittle, setting you on a path toward cardiovascular disease, stroke, and congestive heart failure. Fitting Charlotte Bronte's uh, prophetic wisdom that a ruffled mind makes a restless pillow, sleep distribution further contributes to all major psychiatric conditions, including depression, anxiety, and suicidality. Perhaps you have also noticed a desire to eat more when you're tired. This is no coincidence. And that's all that I'll read. But you see, it's it's enticing. That's the first page. And the rest of the book only gets better. I'm telling you, it only gets better. So if you are interested, again, it is uh, Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker. And I just got it from Dimmicks for $23. But it's it's crazy. Sleep is very important for us. But um. Please, if you enjoyed today's podcast, to share it with your friends and family and please leave a review if you're on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. And don't forget, if you do get the chance to check out my website at Ellie's Content, where I post weekly articles every Saturday and my YouTube channel at Alison Kincaid, where I upload weekly videos every Friday. And that's all for now. See you later.